Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Hey, Stevens Creek. I'm Mo, one of the pastors here, and I'm so excited to share with you today. Our service has already been amazing. I know you have felt the presence of God right there in your home or in your car or wherever you're tuning into us, but I believe God has something to say to us, something to encourage us with. Um, I don't know about you, but it has been such an interesting season, an interesting time. Probably have not spent this much time in my house than uh, since I was a kid and I had a curfew. But I, I, I've been enjoying this time and it's been wonderful to be uh, so close and connected with my family. But if you have your Bibles, go with me to Jeremiah 29 and 11. It's such a familiar passage of scripture, but I feel like uh, it has something to really say to us today about where we are and what God is intending to do. So Jeremiah 29 and 11 reads like this, for I know the plans that I have for you, says God, uh, plans for your good and not for disaster, plans to give you a future and a hope. For the f- next few moments, I want to talk to you about God's plan. God's plan. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for just your grace and your mercy on us. I pray that you would give us ears to hear and hearts to receive what you would say to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, So when I was reflecting on what I would say today, I was reminded um, about last week. Last week, I went to um, bed at night knowing that, hey, things were going to be the same. Things were going to continue to be in quarantine. But something happens when you fall asleep, you know. Sometimes you forget about what happened the day before. And so I woke up the next morning in a fright because my alarm was going off saying that I had 30 minutes to get to the airport. You see, my mother's birthday was uh, last week, and I had planned to go to see her and surprise her. This plan was made in January, and I had every intention to get there. And so when I woke up with that alarm, I began to go crazy. I'm going all over the room. I'm making a ruckus. I'm trying to get my clothes on to get out of the door to get to the airport because I did not want to miss my flight. And then in the midst of the commotion, my wife wakes up and she looks over at me and she says, what are you doing? And I say to her, as I'm still trying to put on my shoes and run out the door that I'm going to miss my flight. And she says, you can't get on an airplane. We are in quarantine. And in that very moment, Everything becomes crystallized, and I remember that life is not the way that I planned it. You know, in this season, it seems like our life has been interrupted. 
Everything you probably planned in January or February has come to a halt. The things that you intended to do, the things that you uh, wrote in your planner, the goals, the places you were going to go, all the things that you were going to do, it seems like your life plans have hit a detour and things have gone in a different direction. See, that happens sometimes. Our life gets interrupted. And see, that's the same thing that was happening in the text that we read today. If you back up a little bit, what happened is the children of Israel were taken into captivity. Uh, in a time that they did not see it coming, all of a sudden an army came and took them away into captivity. Everything that they planned, the birthday parties that they intended to go to, the graduations from school that they intended to, uh, intended to attend, all the things that they had planned to do were now interrupted. They were in a strange place in strange times and they were trying to figure things out. Their life and their plans were interrupted. And I probably think you could identify with me that our plans have been interrupted. The things in our lives have been put away. The things in our lives have utterly changed. Seniors are graduating digitally. Uh, The places that we used to go to, we can no longer attend and go into. Things are just strange. The plans that we have seem to be so different. And it's in these times we begin to search for answers. And the children of Israel, they were doing the same exact thing. They were searching for answers, looking for an idea of what do I do? Where do I go? And in the midst of that, Jeremiah pens this letter because he was still in Israel. But he pens a letter to these who are in captivity. And he writes these words that God speaks to him. For I know the plans that I have for you, says God. Plans for your good and not for disaster. Plans to give you a future and a hope. And I believe that God has a plan for our life. I believe that God has things that he wants to do. And for us to make it through this interesting season, we have to understand a little bit about God's plan. Here's the first reality that we need to understand about God's plan is that he has a plan. You see, God is the creator of the earth and he has always had a plan. You see, uh, life interruptions most of the time are opportunities for us to recalibrate and refocus on the fact that God has a plan. What seems like confusion to us is really God working through his plan for our life. What seems like uh, confusion or uh, what doesn't make sense to us makes sense to God. And see, when we are unsure, we can trust in the fact that the one who is in charge of the plan is sure of what he is doing. This is the first encouragement that Jeremiah is giving to these people who are confused and perplexed. He is saying, God knows the plan that he has for you. God is sure of what he is doing. In fact, uh, scripture says that God knows our end before the beginning. That God is not making it up as he goes along. God has already intended to do what he has planned to do. 
Now, for us, it doesn't make that much sense all the time. But what I do know is that because he has a plan, I can be confident in what he is doing. Because God has a plan, I can be assured that things are going to be okay. When we look through the lens of scripture, we see whenever there is a human crisis or a human issue, God presents a plan for redemption. You see, when Adam and Eve made a mistake and sinned in the garden, God presented a plan for salvation. When the children of Israel were struggling in difficulty, struggling with oppression and slavery, God had a plan through his servant Moses to liberate them. When the children of Israel were facing the giant Goliath, God had a plan through a young shepherd boy named David. And in the midst of Corona, in the midst of this oppression and difficulty, can I tell you that God still has a plan? He has a plan for our life. And he is working his plan out even when we don't understand and when we, we don't really see exactly what is happening. Here's the second thing that I want to show you, and I think it's important for us to understand that not only does God have a plan, but his plan is for our good. And there's some of you who are struggling right now with that fact. How can God be good when there is disaster all around? How can God be good when there is destruction all around? How can God be good when I've lost my job, my business is teetering on the brink of collapse? How can God be good when I have a family member in the hospital? How can God be good when the, it seems like the world is in chaos? Can I tell you, not everything feels good, but the promise of scripture is that God will work things out for our good. Here's what Paul says in Romans 8 and 28. He says, for I know all things work together for the good of them that love God and are called according to his purpose. You know, sometimes God has to allow difficult things to happen in our lives in order to perform the good purpose that he has for us. And that's not an easy pill to swallow. That's not something that is easy to readily accept. But here's what I know is that God will not allow the disaster to overtake us because he says that his plan is for our good. And even when it doesn't feel like it, God is still working for our good. This is the encouragement he is giving the Israelites. Jeremiah is writing and he's saying, I know it seems difficult. I know it seems hard. I know you are in the midst of a very bad season. But here's what I want you to know. That in the midst of this difficulty, in the midst of this transition, God is working for your good. That in the midst of this season of decay and calamity and chaos, that God is working for your good. Sometimes God does his best work in the dark. Sometimes God does his best work in the midst of chaos. Sometimes God is doing his best work when you take your hands off of what he's trying to do in your life. Sometimes it takes the disaster to recalibrate and refocus us on his plan. And here's the reality. His plan is better than our plan. And the 
interruptions we have faced have not derailed us from destiny, but have recalibrated us towards the purpose and destiny that God has for our life. This is the challenge to see the good in the midst of the pause. To see the, the good in the midst of God's working in our life. To see his hand in the midst of the challenges we are facing. You know, uh, not only did I plan to go see my mother, but I had multiple plans of great opportunities in the month of April and May. And in the midst of Corona, all of those plans came to a halt. And here's what I realized is that what I had planned for myself was less than what God was planning for me. And this pause was an opportunity for me to refocus on where God is trying to take me and allowing me to move in my rightful place, which is the passenger seat, and allow God to drive my life. You see, his plan doesn't work unless we allow his plan to, to be the first thing in our lives. When we try to steer, when we try to drive it, we end up steering ourselves away from his plan into our plan, and that is less than what God has for us. That's a challenge. It's a challenge all of us face, but the good news is, is that God still has a plan for our life, and if we are willing to surrender to his plan, we'll be able to see the good in the midst of the difficult season. We'll be able to see the good in the midst of the place that we are now. And this is the challenge that he gives to the Israelites. Lift up your eyes and see the good. Know that God is working. Refocus your, I know you could focus on the disaster. I know you could focus on the fact that you're in captivity and my children don't get to worship at the temple and there's all these good things that, that we're going to miss out. But God is saying, I want you to focus your eyes on the good things in the midst of this difficulty so you can see my plan working out for your good. Here's the third thing, and I want you to see this because God says, hey, yeah, I, I have a plan. This plan is good for you, but this plan also gives you a future. And here's the good news is that our present position is not our final position. That what I'm going through now is not the end of my story. That corona is not the end of our story. That me not having a job or me having my business go under, whatever you are facing right now is not the end of your story. Because God's plan is not only for your good, but his plan is to give you a future. To show you that he has more in store for you. That there is something on the other side of this. That this is not how it's going to end for you. This won't be the end of your story. That there is something good on the other side of this disaster. Uh, you know, Isaiah or uh, the Psalm says this uh, great verse. It says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Here's the reality of that verse. It affirms that weapons will be formed, that they will be formed against you, 
that they will even be fired against you. But here's the ultimate thing, that it will not prosper, that it will not accomplish what it has set out to do. And that's the good news, is that God's plan has a future for us. And so in the midst of the darkness and decay, I want you to look forward to the future that God has for you. In the midst of the difficulty, in the midst of what you are facing, I want you to lift up your eyes and know that there is a future for you. That God has more for you on the other side of this. That he, he, he wants you to see the good and believe in the future that he has for you. Uh, I'm reminded of when I learned about the butterfly in school. I learned about that the butterfly didn't just become a butterfly overnight. That it crawled as a caterpillar in danger of being eaten by uh, other bugs. And then its life is put on pause in a cocoon. And it stays in that cocoon for a period and a season. But ultimately, after the pause in its life, after its consu- uh, 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 cocoon season, it comes out as what it was always intended to be, a beautiful butterfly. And that's my word of encouragement to you today, is that this is not the end of your story. This is just the cocoon season where God is developing you, nurturing you, while he has your life on pause. And so, what, what do you do in the midst of this pause? What do you do when life seems to be uh, at a standstill? What do you do when you don't have control over your current circumstances? I believe Jeremiah gives us uh, uh, insight into this, and it's in verses 5 through 7 of this same chapter 29. He tells them uh, to build homes and houses and, and to plant uh, gardens and to produce. Then he tells him to, to marry and to build families And then ultimately, he tells them to care for their community. Here's what Jeremiah tells us in the midst of the pause, while we are waiting for our future to happen, God is calling us to be builders. He wants us to build resources. And I know you're saying to me, well, how can I do that in this time? God has given you a dream. He's given you an idea. He's given you a vision. This is the moment in time to work on the purpose that he has given you. Uh, You might be saying, I don't have the resources. I don't have uh, the funding. Here's what I know. That scripture says that God will give seed to the sower and that if you would do, and this is how Pastor Marty says it, if you would do the possible, God will do the impossible. This is a season to be a builder and God is calling us not only to build resources, but he's calling us to build our family relationships. In verse 6 of uh, chapter 29, he's telling them to marry and to, to build families and here's the reality. You have an opportunity right now to build family relationships better and closer than you've had in a long time. I want to challenge you to pick up that phone and call that person you're estranged from. I want you, I want to challenge you to focus your attention 
on your husband, your wife, and your children in your home, I want to challenge you to build your family relationships. And ultimately, the third thing that I want to challenge you to do while we're waiting on our future is to build our community. That's what he tells them to do. He says, pray for the prosperity of your city because as your city prospers, so will you. In fact, this is what he says. He says, don't shrink away. He says, this is the time to multiply. And one of the blessings of our church is that in the midst of this difficulty, we have not gone down, but we have stayed the same. And in some ways we have gone up. But I want to challenge you that in the midst of this season, could it be that God could cause us to multiply while we're not even in the building? Could it be that God could cause us to expand and build our church community in the midst of something that seems like it would derail us or to slow us down? I want to challenge you to think of five people who need to hear the message of Jesus Christ, who need to be connected with a church home and invite them to watch service with you going forward. I want to challenge you to know that person in your family who needs to hear the message of Jesus and invite them to watch service with you. This is the hour that we should multiply and not shrink back. Not only building our church community, but this is the moment that we should build in our own community. I imagine what could it be like if we had double the people to work at our dream center? What, what could we do if we had more people to make an impact in this city? This is the time that we should be helping our community, building in our community. It means shopping local. That means helping our neighbors in every way that we can. And we are such, this is such a generous church and we've seen that. And I want to encourage you to continue to build resources, continue to build your family relationships and continue to build on our community. Because as our community prospers, we also prosper. Well, there's one final thing that this verse says in Jeremiah 29 and 11. It says, for I, I know the plans that I have for you, plans for your good and not for disaster, plans to give you a future and a hope. Here's the truth of the matter, that God has a hope for each and every one of us. You see, for the Israelites, the hope was to make it back home. But that hope, that plan that God has for us, that hope is named Jesus Christ. Ultimately, what God's plan for our life is, is to bring glory to his name and to reconnect us back with himself through Jesus Christ. Here's the hope of salvation is that no matter what we are facing, no matter what we are going through, we can always hope because we have Jesus. And ultimately, because we have Jesus, our hope is heaven and eternity with him.
Here's what Paul says in Romans. He says, we will not be ashamed of the hope we have in him. That his hope is sure. And maybe you're here today and you're watching for the first time. And you've never placed your trust and hope in Jesus. I want to tell you that he has a plan for your life. And ultimately, his desire is for you to live out the purpose he has created for you and be reconnected back with him forever. God has a plan for your life. And he wants you to commit to him. He wants you to surrender your burdens, to to bring the difficulty, the pain, and the lament that you have. He says, I have a better way for you. I have a way that you could have hope. He says it like this in the book of John. I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Or another version says, have life to the fullest. I want you to hope again. I want you to dream again because that's God's plan for your life. For us to recognize that he does have a plan. That his plan is for our good. That his plan gives us a future beyond our present circumstance. And that that plan gives us a hope in Jesus that is assured for eternity. If you want to make that decision to say yes to Jesus today, I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. If you are struggling and trying to figure out what God is doing in this season, I want to pray for you as well. Let's pray. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word that has been declared to encourage us, to give us life and hope knowing that you have a plan, God, for our lives, that you have always had a plan. And whenever crisis and calamity has faced humanity, you have presented a plan of hope and deliverance. God, help us to understand and recognize that your plan is for our good. God, in the midst of the difficulty, help us to look up and know that your plan is has a future for us beyond our present struggle. God, ultimately, help us to know that we will always have a hope in you. God, for the person who is struggling right now, I pray that you would lift their spirits. For the person who is unsure about what's happening, for the person who is struggling with fear and anxiety, I pray your peace over them right now. I pray faith would arise and fear would dissipate. I pray your love would penetrate every single screen that is watching this right now. And that faith and hope would arise in your people. God, for the person who has never said yes to you, I pray today is that day that they say yes. I pray today, and if that's you, I want you to pray this simple prayer with me. Lord Jesus, save me. Change me. 
Make me into the person that you want me to be. And God, for every person watching, every person who will watch, I pray a blessing on their lives. I pray for fresh ideas. I pray for security and anointing. I pray, God, for resources and financial uh, breakthrough, God. I pray that no one will go hungry. No one would go homeless, God. That you would cover the people that are connected to this house. That your favor would reign on their lives, God. And ultimately, God, when we gather again, we will say that the Lord has been faithful. He has been good. He has kept us and better things are ahead for us. We give you all the honor and the praise. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing you again. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to stevenscreekchurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.